Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. This is episode number 10. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Norris. And I'm Thomas Craft. Whether you're pitching your business, speaking at a work meeting, or on the stage, we're here to help you present with clarity and confidence. Today we're breaking down a speech. It's Tina Fey's acceptance speech of the Mark Twain Prize for American Humour in 2010. G'day, thanks for joining us again. We always say that one of the best ways to become a good public speaker is to watch other people present and have a think about what works for them, what doesn't work for them, ideas that you can borrow and the why behind it all. Today we're looking at a little bit of a different type of speech. This one is an industry award acceptance speech and it probably does take a little bit of context. So Kate, do you want to run us through why you chose this speech and the background on it? Sure. The speech that Tina Fey is accepting is the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. So this is presented to individuals in America who have had an impact on American society in a similar way that Mark Twain did. And he's quite significant in American literature. So Tina Fey, if you're not sure who she is, she is quite a famous comedian. Uh, She was the head writer for a while on Saturday Night Live, which is a very popular show in America um, based in New York. She wrote the movie Mean Girls, which stars Lindsay Lohan. She wrote and starred in 30 Rock, which is a successful sitcom. She wrote Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And a couple of times she has hosted the Golden Globes alongside Amy Poehler, who is another famous comedian. So she's been awarded the Mark Twain Prize, and this speech is from the annual event where they present this award. So what we need to understand here is who she is speaking to, her audience, which is industry. It's other people who are in the American TV industry, other comedians, producers, kind of like the Golden Globes has actors and actresses and directors, producers, everyone who's involved in movies. This audience has all of the who's who of American TV. And so throughout her speech, I will provide a little bit of context. So we're going to listen to Tina Fey's acceptance speech at the Mark Twain Prize in 2010, and we'll pause at any important points and have a discussion around what she's doing and why. So this is Tina Fey accepting the Mark Twain Prize for American humour in 2010. Thank you so much. Thank you all for dressing up. God, listening to all of these speeches and performances for the last two hours, I cannot help but feel grateful that I put a bag of pretzels in my purse. Um, I want to thank everyone involved with the Kennedy Center, or as it will soon be known, the Tea Party, Bowling Alley, and Rifle Range. lanes in here. Uh, I want to thank everyone at WETA and PBS, not just for televising this event, but for showing the Benny Hill show so much when I was a kid. I don't know how that qualified to be on PBS. We may never know. Um, I I promise to put this award in a place of honor uh, to make sure that my daughter does not pretend it is Barbie's older husband (laughs) who lost his body in an accident. So already we can see that this is an acceptance speech. An acceptance speech is its own type of presentation. You need to show graciousness for the award and the people who've nominated you and uh, the people who helped you get there. But this is also an award for humour. So she's going to be expected to deliver humour and be highly entertaining in that process. So we could probably expect this to be somewhere near stand-up comedy. 
but we won't let that distract us from the importance of what it is she's actually saying in here. Um, I never dreamed that I would receive the Mark Twain Prize for American humor, mostly because my style is so typically Austrian. Um, I never thought I would even qualify for the Mark Twain Prize for American humor. I mean, maybe the Nathaniel Hawthorne Prize for judgmental nature. Or the Judy Bloom Award for awkward puberty. Or the Harper Lee Prize for small bodies of work. But never this. Um, and yet, I hope that like Mark Twain, a hundred years from now, people will see my work and think, Wow, that is actually pretty racist. <laughs> okay, so Mark Twain is a bit of a controversial figure. He was a very celebrated man in his time, but his content these days would actually not be considered acceptable at all because it was actually really racist. If you look at, like, his most famous work is arguably Huckleberry Finn. Now, Huck Finn and his views on, like, the Native American people was actually really awful. But at the time, decades ago when it was written, it was actually acceptable. But we look back now and think, wow, that's actually pretty racist. So it's the significance of what she's saying here is acknowledging that while Mark Twain is very celebrated, times change, content acceptability changes, and maybe we'll look back in, you know, 20, 30 years from now and see how some of our current day opinions and content and all that might not be as okay as it is today. So I think it's just kind of an acknowledgement and an understanding that times change when it comes to literature and content. So I'm guessing then, Kate, that there's a little bit of controversy, probably people who disagree on whether Mark Twain is really the right person to hold up to this standard and she's maybe just acknowledging that discussion or that debate? Yeah, there was a huge controversy around Mark Twain and whether he yeah. should have his name on this award and all of that sort uh, of stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I'm only the third woman ever to receive this award, and I'm so honoured to, to, to be numbered with Lily Tomlin and Whoopi Goldberg. But I do hope that, that women are achieving at a rate these days that we can stop counting what number they are at things. Um, yes, I was the... Yeah. Yes, I was the first female head writer at Saturday Night Live. And yes, I was only the second woman ever to be pregnant while on the show. And now tonight I am the third female recipient of this prize. Um, I would love to be the fourth woman to do something, but I just don't see myself married to Lorne. So in terms of the feminist statement that she's making here, Tina Fey has struggled over her career and she's one of my favorite people in the world. So I've followed her career quite closely. But she has struggled with being a woman in comedy. She was kind of one of the pioneers in mainstream comedy and kind of rode the first wave when women started to get into comedy and there was a lot of pushback and people who would say women just aren't fu as funny as men. So she was kind of one of the pioneers alongside those of like Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. This award is actually quite a big deal that she's won it, especially in 2010 that she's a woman and winning this awards because she personally has made some huge leaps for women in American pop culture. And that's what she's kind of acknowledging and pointing out because she's, she's made a really big splash in that industry. <laughs> I'm so grateful to my friends who came here tonight to perform. Some people came all the way from Los Angeles and I know that you were all very busy people with families and it really it means so much to me to know that you care about show business more than you do about them 
Um, I want to thank Alec Baldwin for not coming tonight. <laughs> I already have a reputation as a liberal elite lunatic. I don't need that guy following me around. <laughs> Johnny Huffington Post. Um, actually, I do want to thank Alec genuinely for staying in New York tonight to continue to shoot 30 Rock so that I could be here. So thank you, Alec. I love you. Uh, I'm not going to get emotional tonight because I am a stone-cold bitch. <laughs> but, but I want to thank my family. They say that funny people often come from a difficult childhood or a troubled family. Uh, so to my family, I say, they're giving me the Mark Twain Prize for American humor. What did you animals do to me? <laughs> Mother and father are so proud of me tonight, so this is probably a good time to tell them I'm putting you both in a home. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay, so when you're giving an acceptance speech, it's quite customary to thank the people that have helped to get you there, mm -hmm. and oftentimes that is your family. Now, again, she's a comedian. She She's expected to do something a little more interesting than thanks to my family, thanks mum and dad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so she's still actually doing this, and because she's Tina Fey, she can get away with a little bit of um, darker humour. And she is acknowledging her parents, like, yes, okay, she's saying she's going to put her parents in a home. But really, this is something that I would probably say to my mum, that is seen as a sign of affection when you make a joke at someone's expense that you're close to, that you can afford to kind of poke a little bit. It's still a sign of affection, even though you're kind of making a joke about them or yeah. um, a gentle stab. You couldn't do this to someone that you don't know, but, you know, to your parents who know exactly your style and who you are, absolutely you can. <laughs> I met my husband, Jeff, when we were both in Chicago and I had short hair with a perm on top and I would wear oversized denim shorts overalls. And that is how I know our love is real. <laughs> At some point in the future, our daughter Alice will, will find a DVD of this broadcast or, I don't know, download it into the subdermal iPhone in her eyelids. I don't know how far <laughs> in the future we're talking about, but I hope that it will make her laugh and I hope it will explain to her why her parents looked so tired all the time. <laughs> okay, so again, acknowledging, you know, her husband, thanking her husband. And I think this is a bit of a statement that so many of us can relate to of like, one day I hope that our kids will look back at what we've done when they were little and seeing kind of the sacrifices that you make for them and the sacrifices that you make for your family and understand in time why you did what you did or or maybe, you know, why mummy wasn't home for dinner every night or... I think this is a good example of how humour can distill down a big idea. So it takes a long time to explain that we want our kids to look back, that we make these sacrifices. And all she's done is sort of delivered two or three lines that are quite humorous, that distills all of this idea down into something that's relatable and entertaining. Yeah, and certainly for me as a working parent, I, I relate so hard to this and it just speaks to me, that line. Because I don't think this audience is probably interested in hearing somebody else's story, which is very similar to my own about not being home for the kids, etc., etc. Make a joke about it. We can all have a laugh and it's just relatable. Mm. The one person without whom I really would not be here tonight, except, of course, for my mother, who is pretty sure she delivered me, even though she had a lot of twilight sleep. Um, <laughs> the other one person is Lauren Michaels. Uh, in 1997, I flew from Chicago to New York to have a job interview for a writing position at Saturday Night Live. 
And uh, I was hopeful because I had heard the show was looking to diversify, which, oh, by the way, only in comedy is a, an obedient white girl from the suburbs a diversity candidate. <laughs> um, but I remember, you know, I came from my job interview, and the only decent clothes that I had at the time, Lorna's right, was I had a pair of black pants and a sweater from Contempo Casuals. And I went to the security guard at the elevator at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, and I said, I'm here to see Lorne Michaels. And I, I couldn't believe the words that were coming out of my mouth. I'm here to see Lorne Michaels. And I went up to the 17th floor, and I had my meeting with Lorne, and the only thing anyone had told me about meeting with Lorne, having a job interview, they said, whatever you do, do not finish his sentences. A girl I knew in Chicago had done that, and she felt like it had cost her the job, and so whatever you do, don't finish his sentences. And I was there, and I really didn't want to blow it. And Lorne said, so you're from... <laughs> and it just was hanging there. Like, so you're from. And finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, Pennsylvania, I'm from Pennsylvania, suburb of Philadelphia. Just as Lauren finished his thought and said, Chicago. <laughs> and I thought, that's it. I blew it. And I don't remember anything else about the meeting um, because I just kept staring at him, thinking, this is the guy from the Beatles check. I can't believe that I'm in his office. And, you know, I could have never have guessed that a couple years later I would be sitting in that office until 2, 3, 4 in the morning thinking, if this meeting doesn't end, I'm going to kill this Canadian bastard. <laughs> and <laughs> as intimidated as I was that first day, Lauren, I am so proud now to call you my friend. Not to you, but to other people. I tell other people we're friends. <laughs> So what I'm seeing here is a really good example of some storytelling, which is that she too has been intimidated by people in the industry, potentially the same as people are intimidated by her in the industry. And so we all have this experience. I'm sure we've all had this experience of going to some sort of interview and being nervous about it. And so she's telling us this story about when she was nervous going for the job that she wanted. And so, so it's nice and relatable. And then at the end, she makes the joke at Lorne's expense and as we've talked about previously on this podcast, that you can make a joke about people in the room by punching up. And she's obviously punching up. He is still her boss, her producer or something. Still um, TV royalty. Yeah, yeah. It also shows her growth. I'm sure there's a few years between when she had that interview and then the, the morning hours of in those meetings where she wanted to kill him or whatever. I'm sure there's a lot happened in those few years and she could have detailed ad nauseum all of the wins and successes and projects that she worked on. But it's just distilled right down into she's had so much growth that she sees this Lorne Michaels as basically a peer, that it's just become her normal uh, and, and really condensed a lot of time into sort of half a sentence there. The last time that I was in Washington was in 2004 to take this Life magazine cover photo with John McCain. And uh, Senator McCain gave my husband and me uh, a tour of the Senate, and we all spent a lovely, busy afternoon together. And I have it on good authority that this picture of Senator McCain and myself has been hanging in his office by his desk since 2004. And he has been looking at it every day since 2004, <laughs> getting ideas. <laughs> So guess what I'm saying is, this whole thing might be my fault. <laughs> 
So being that this speech is taking place in 2010, it might just add a bit of context here that the 2008 US presidential election was between Barack Obama and John McCain. John McCain's running partner was Sarah Palin and Tina Fey played Sarah Palin a whole bunch on Saturday Night Live. And that was her big break, playing Sarah Palin. Yeah, and everybody in this room would already know that. Um, I would be a liar and an idiot if I didn't thank Sarah Palin for helping get me here tonight. My partial resemblance and her crazy voice are the two luckiest things that have ever happened to me. (laughs) Um, All kidding aside, uh, I'm so proud to represent American humor. I am proud to be American. I am proud to make my home in the not real America. (laughs) And I am most proud that even during trying times like an orange alert or a bad economy or a contentious election that we as a nation retain our sense of humor. Um, Anyway, I don't want to go on and on and on because I know we still have to talk about the other four nominees. So um, thank you and good night. Okay, so that was Tina Fey accepting the Mark Twain Prize uh, in 2010. Question we always ask ourselves after every presentation we see, what was the message you got from that presentation? Kate? The message I got from that is that there have been many people over the years that have helped Tina Fey in her career and making her the success that she is today. And she went through and acknowledged all of those people. I suspect when she started preparing for this presentation, her first step would have been to write a list of all of the people that she wanted to thank in this speech and then would have gone through and thought about how can I make a joke or a poignant point about each of these through humour? How can I show acknowledgement and gratitude but still be basically entertaining and not banal in any way. Yeah, so I really like this speech because I I think it just shows how you can be sincere and gracious and thankful while being quite humorous and interesting. And I just think it's a beautiful example of accepting an award with graciousness and thanking people. Um, That is my baby in the background. Um, Being thankful and gracious while still being interesting and comedic and not just listing thanks mom thank my family thank you know, <laughs> yeah not just a list of people to thank which we sometimes do see in ex- award acceptance speeches so then the other last thing that we always talk <laughs> so then the other last thing that we always talk about is the physicality what did we actually see on stage there yeah i don't think there's a lot to say about tina fey this is clearly somebody who has spent their life on stage Mm. in front of a camera. She's just comfortable. She stands there. She owns the space. It's a big audience. And she just authentically, confidently, competently just speaks. There's, There's really not a lot to say. It's just done really well. I think that's almost the point you ultimately want to get to is that there's nothing that distracts. There's nothing particularly noteworthy. It's just good. It's just clear and effectively delivers her message. So that's Tina Fey, the Mark Twain Prize acceptance speech. It will put a link to that speech in the show notes. And if there's a talk or a speech that you would like us to break down on the podcast, we love taking suggestions. So please send us an email. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more, check out presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for today with links to everything we've discussed. Want to get in touch? Send us an email at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your thoughts or take suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Have a great week.
I'll drop a beat in the background. Very good. <laughs> That's gone at the end. <laughs>